Anger requires a resolution if you're ever going to get over it. And the people who are angry have simply not been honest enough with themselves to go in and say, God doesn't want me living this way. Welcome to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wickwire, author and founding senior pastor of the exciting Turning Point Church in Fort Worth, Texas. Pastor Jeff is known for his heartfelt and practical proclamation of the scriptures. We are so glad you joined us today. So stay tuned as Pastor Jeff teaches, encourages, and challenges you from the Word of God. Anger is one of the most hurtful giants we deal with, yet there can be victory in Jesus Christ. Hi, and welcome to Life Talk. I'm Jeff Wickwire, and thanks for joining us. Today we're continuing the series on disarming your giants with a look at disarming the giant of anger. You know, I've known some people, and you probably have too, who lost their temper at the mere drop of a hat. Yet what many don't understand is that anger is a learned response that can also be unlearned. And the way to do just that is found in the pages of God's Word. So if you're dealing with a hot temper of your own, or you know somebody who is, grab your Bible and follow along as I share what God has to say about disarming the giant of anger. The Goliath of anger, the giant of anger, has destroyed so many lives. We have to understand the gravity of this issue. It is a giant, the giant of anger. If we don't learn to disarm it, anger gets a hold of Christians like it does anybody else. And if we don't learn to disarm it, it can absolutely devastate a marriage. It can separate children from parents, parents from children, and it will poison key relationships. This whole issue of anger Our prisons, if you've ever done prison ministry, you know that our prisons are full of people who had an anger issue. And because of their anger, they're in prison. They did something, said something that got them in all kinds of trouble. They did not have control over their emotions. And anger got them. If you don't deal with anger, anger will deal with you. We live today, no doubt about it, in an angry nation. In an angry world, our world is a seething cauldron of anger. I mean, it's everywhere. Just watch the news. No, don't watch the news. If you were to watch the news, you would see. It's just an angry world. People are angry, period, just mad. Mad at others, mad at real or imagined mistreatment, angry at life. And you know what? There's a lot of people who are walking around angry at God. He didn't do what I thought he would when I thought he would, the way I thought he should. And I'm just angry. I'm ticked at life. I'm ticked at people, ticked at life, ticked at myself, ticked at God. I'm angry. I'm just an angry person. And you know what? Anger can be that one thing that defines you if you don't get it out of your life. You you can become known as an angry man or an angry woman. And you know what? That's not God's will for you and me. God doesn't want you and I to live under the tyranny of anger. As a matter of fact, I want you to say with me, I don't have to be mad. And let's say it like we really mean it. Play like you're preaching to me. Are you ready? 
We don't have to be mad. Let's try one more time. I don't have to be mad. Turn to your neighbor and say, you don't have to be mad. See, if you come to church here, you get to preach here. Now, let me just look at this whole issue of anger. First, what is anger? Let me give you a simple definition. Anger is a strong emotion of intense displeasure, hostility, or indignation that is caused when a person has been offended, wronged, or denied. And they get angry. And you know the Bible is very clear that there's a good anger and there's a bad anger. There is a good anger. There is righteous indignation. Indignation is what God experiences when God's angry. When God gets angry, it's righteous indignation. And I believe that if you're a child of God, you really can't go through a week in this culture without experiencing a little bit of righteous indignation. I wake up virtually every day, I experience some righteous indignation at some things. And I don't believe that it's a sin. I believe that it is what God is angry about. I wake up every day indignant about abortion. Just to give you an example, just the unfairness of it, the inequity of it, the way our culture against all evidence and all proof continues to perpetrate that crime. You know, we swallow falsities, things that we're told about the whole abortion issue that it's all about a woman's health. It has nothing. Rarely, a tiny percentage it has to do with a woman's health. It has nothing to do with a woman's health. It has to do with, I don't want this baby. And so I'm going to take this baby. And I wake up and I get indignant about that. Now, is that a sin? No, that's not a sin because I believe God's indignant about it. The Bible talks about the slaughter of innocence. And so there's nothing wrong with being righteously indignant. But then there's wrong anger. And the Bible says that wrong anger is a sin. And it's a work of the flesh. It's not a demon spirit. It's a work of the flesh. Galatians 5, 19 through 20 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, first four are sexual in nature, and then idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of anger. So anger is a work of the fallen flesh. It is not of God. As a matter of fact, James said, human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. If you and I want to please God, we won't walk around in an angry spirit. But I've got good news for you. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but he also didn't give us a spirit of anger. What does he give us? He gave us a spirit of love, power, and a sound mind. And that phrase, sound mind, means self-control. God has given us the spirit of love, power, and self-control. That I would not lose control and throw a fit and lose my temper, but I would have self-control. That's what God gave us. Now, anger has several triggers. You'll recognize these. Not getting your way. That begins at about six months old. Mine. Not getting your way. That's mine. You don't get your way. When we don't get our way, we get angry. Who are you to, to invade my space and tell me what I can't do? I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. Get out of my way. And when we can't do it, we get angry. Feeling rejected. How come I can't be a part of your group? Why are you ostracizing me? What is it about me you don't like? Why are you rejecting me? We get angry. 
It's anger causing. Loss, we lose something. We lose something of real value to us. It could be a person. We lose a spouse. Lose a child. Lose a thing. Something we love, a material thing. Lose a job. Something happens. And we get angry. And we deal with that anger. Disappointment. That's a huge one. Disappointment, disillusionment. Boy, I just knew I was going to do this and that and that. I thought my life was going to go this way and that way. But it didn't. And I'm disillusioned. And truth be known, I'm mad about it. I feel like I got the raw end of the deal. And I'm, and I'm disappointed. Makes you angry. Book of Proverbs has a lot to say about anger because anger is a huge issue. Real important issue. Proverbs 16.32 says... He who is slow to anger is better than the mighty, and he who rules his spirit than he who captures a city. Now, I want you to think about what that said. If you rule your spirit, you are mightier than a man that walks into a city and conquers it single-handedly. If you can rule your emotions, rule your spirit, not give in to a fit of rage, that person may feel upset, but they control their emotions rather than letting anger turn into rage. And in another proverb, do you know that we're warned not to associate with people whose lives are characterized by anger? Don't make a friend who is angry all the time. Did you know the Bible says that? Don't befriend, Proverbs twenty two twenty four. Don't befriend angry people or associate with hot-tempered people. Why? Or you will learn. Now, that's the operative word right there. You will learn to be like them and endanger your own soul. So anger, an anger problem is dangerous to your soul. And watch that. It's learned. We aren't born angry. We learn to respond to the adversities of life in anger. It's a learned response. So the good news is if you learned it, you can unlearn it. Amen? I was just thinking how anger played a very destructive role in a lot of the lives of the characters of the Bible. Some of the Bible heroes. The first person that got angry, I believe, was Adam. See, how do you know Adam got mad? Because when God came looking for them after they fell and said, Adam, what have you done? He pointed to his wife and said, she did it. All the women say, there's nothing new under the sun. The wife looked around and said, looked at the devil and said, he did it. And the devil looked around and had nobody to blame. But here's the bottom line. Adam pointed to his wife in anger and said, because of her, I fell. Blamed her. Cain, Moses, and Saul all committed murder in the heat of anger. You know, Moses is called in the Bible the meekest man on the face of the earth. But he also had an anger problem. When he was young, he killed a man in the heat of anger he had to flee into the backside of a desert for 40 years to avoid justice. And then later in his older life, he struck the rock out of anger two times instead of speaking to the rock, and he was not allowed to go into the promised land. 40 years on the backside of a desert because of anger. 40 years wandering in the wilderness and then not able to go into the promised land because of anger. 80 years of his life affected. By anger. Jonah fled from God's will due to anger. I'm not going to go preach to them. I don't want the Ninevites repenting. I don't like them. 
So he fled from God in anger. Peter cut off a man's ear in anger. When they came to arrest Jesus, Peter said, not if I can help it. He pulled out his sword, cut off the guy's ear in anger. And Jesus looked at him and said, put up the sword. He that lives by the sword will die by the sword. He picked up the guy's ear, put it back on, super glued it, (laughs) healed him. And the guy had arrested him anyway. Let me tell you, if my ear is on the ground and somebody picks it up and puts it on and heals it, I am not arresting them. But he did. Now, you and I can experience righteous anger, but most of our anger is of the unrighteous variety. It just is. And it generally takes one of two forms. And let me tell you what those one of two forms are. Let me tell you what they both are. The first kind, I'm going to call it powder keg anger. Powder keg anger. This is the rage kind of anger. It's when you blow your stack. It's when you go into a rage. It's when you lose it. You throw things, you say things, you go nutty. The dogs get under the bed, the cat gets under the couch, the kids go off to their rooms. When you lose your stack, you blow your temper. Anybody in its path is fair game. When you get angry, it's rage, it's powder keg. You've got a trigger inside of you. And when somebody pulls that trigger, you go. The Bible has a lot to say about this kind of anger. It spells out a lot of consequences for this kind of anger. Now, I don't want anybody raising their hands, but I'm going to venture to guess that many people in this room have powder keg anger issues. You blow. I want to tell you, I'm not here to condemn you or judge you or point a finger at you. Like I said, I want to do a little bit of Holy Spirit surgery and let the Lord deliver you from this anger today because the good news is you can be free indeed from this kind of anger. So having said that, let me just give you some of the consequences of powder keg anger. You blow your stack. You go into a rage. You see red. You seethe on the inside. First, the Bible says you're going to make foolish mistakes. With that kind of anger, you're going to say things and do things that you wish you could take back, but you can't take it back. Anymore, you can take back an email. Have you ever sent an email as soon as you hit send, you wish you could take it back? You can't take back an email and you can't take back angry words once they're out. The Bible says in Proverbs 14, 17, a quick-tempered man does foolish things. Foolish is a spiritual way of saying stupid. The hot-tempered man does stupid things, says foolish things. Now, here's what people with this kind of anger will tell you. Well, I have red hair. I'm Irish. So it's in my blood. I just lose my temper and it's the way I was born. No, it's not. You were not born that way. You were not born that way. The truth is you've got a short fuse and you've learned to have a short fuse. And maybe you did learn it from your dad or from your grandparents or from your spouse. But the bottom line is you learned it. You weren't born that way because God does not create people to go against his word. You weren't born that way any more than somebody Gay was born that way. The truth is we got a short fuse and we're going to make some big mistakes. That's the promise. Now, the second thing that will happen if you've got this kind of a temper, it's going to ruin relationships. Proverbs 15, 18 says a hot-tempered man stirs up dissension. That means the hot-tempered man drives the very people he loves away. He divides. He drives 
people away. He causes discord. The hot-tempered man loves people, has a little circle of people that he or she loves, but because of that hot temper that's always blowing, finally people say, I don't want to do this anymore. And they begin to distance themselves from the person with a hot temper. I've seen people with hot tempers reach old age alone and isolated and lonely because they had a temper they never dealt with. They had a giant they never disarmed. The good news is you can disarm this giant, and I'm going to show you how in a minute. But it means if you've got a short fuse, if you're always losing your temper, if you're walking around with a chip on your shoulder, if you're looking for somebody to say something that'll irritate you, then you're going to leave behind a trail of hurt feelings and unhappiness every time. We don't want to do that. We want people we love to draw closer and stay in our orbit, stay with us for fellowship and love and grow old together. That's what we want. We don't want to drive them away. But the Bible says, if you're hot-tempered, you're going to bring dissension. Will Rogers said, when you fly into a rage, you seldom make a safe landing. And he's right. Third, the Bible says, if you have a hot temper, if you've got this kind of an anger or rage issue, you're going to pay a penalty. Proverbs 19.19 says, hot-tempered people must pay the penalty. If you rescue them once, you have to do it again. You get them out of jail once, you're going to have to get them out of jail again. You go into their home to bring peace to the home that has been divided, you're going to have to do it again until the anger is diffused. We're told every day by doctors that there is a penalty for this kind of anger issue. They say it'll spike your blood pressure. You go into the doctor and he says, man, has your blood pressure always been this high? You say, no, I have no idea why it's so high. Do you know why it's high sometimes? Because you're angry. And that anger is spiking your blood pressure, makes your heart beat faster. And cemeteries are filled with people who died young because they had an anger issue and it physically, literally killed them. It's so quiet in here, I could drop a pin on a shag carpet and hear it. And I know why too. Because we all deal with anger, don't we? We all deal with anger issues. So if you've got that rage kind of anger, it needs to be disarmed. That giant needs to be defeated. It's the will of God that you be delivered from that. You will know the truth and the truth will make you free. And when Jesus said that, he wasn't just talking about himself. He was talking about all the truth that is in the Bible. All the truth that is in the word of God. You will know this truth and this truth will set you free. And I'm sharing with you today the truth of the word of God. And it will set you free. So that's the first kind of bad anger. The second kind, I'm going to call it crockpot anger. This is the kind of anger that gets into Christian homes. You know why it's this one? Because we know as Christians, we shouldn't be blowing our stack and going into a rage. So what we do is when we're angry, we suppress it. We put it under the surface. And this crockpot anger is the kind of anger that simmers and boils just under the surface for a long time. You're just an angry person. And the people who know you best know it most. Somebody can say to you, are you angry? No, I'm not angry. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Kumbaya. I'm great. But as you get around you, there's something under there. It's boiling. It's seething. You see, the person with the rage anger, they're like a volcano that just blasts and blows and the lava comes out and all that red hot anger. 
But the one with crockpot anger is like the volcano before it blows. It's under the surface. It's simmering underneath. You're just angry. You're mad at life. You're mad at yourself. You're mad at people. You're mad at circumstances. You're mad at something. You're mad in your marriage. You're mad out of your marriage. You're just angry. You haven't dealt with the things that are causing you to be angry on the inside. Anger requires a resolution if you're ever going to get over it. And the people who are angry have simply not been honest enough with themselves to go in and say, God doesn't want me living this way. I'm not supposed to be walking around just ticked and mad and playing passive-aggressive games with people and letting my anger come out in all kinds of different ways without losing the perception that I'm spiritual. One of the classic passages that deals with this kind of anger is found in Ephesians 4.26. I want you to listen to this. Be angry because God gave us anger. So be angry. You, you ought to be angry about some things. It's okay. But don't sin. Let not the sun go down on your wrath. Now, I want you to catch that. See, this goes right to the core of crockpot anger. It says, you should not give anger any longer than a 24-hour shelf life. I mean, good grief. Milk has an expiration date. Eggs have an expiration date. Bread has an expiration date. What about this seething thing called anger? Listen, it's got an expiration date. And the expiration date is 24 hours. Be angry, but don't sin. Let not the sun go down on your anger. And the, and, and the next verse tells us why. Don't give the devil a foothold. Now, let me tell you how the devil works. He is an evil, wicked, opportunistic devil. And he knows if we're angry longer than 24 hours, he has an opportunity to step into your house, your heart, your soul, your marriage, your life, and wreak havoc. He says, if you go to sleep on your anger and you let it stay and you don't deal with it, you're giving the devil, the King James Bible says, don't give place to the devil. That word place is from the Greek word topos. We get from it topography. It means land, real estate, square footage. Don't give the enemy land in your life by staying angry longer than 24 hours. Well, I trust our message today on disarming anger has been a help to you. Anger, like many other weaknesses, can be conquered by putting into practice the instructions found in God's Word. You may not be aware that LifeTalk has an abundance of additional resources available for you at our LifeTalk website. Just go to lifetalkradio.us. That's lifetalkradio.us. And join us next time as we continue with part two of the message, Disarming the Giant of Anger. Until then, I pray God's richest blessings be yours. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff. You know, at Life Talk, we want to stay connected with you and help equip and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. 
If you'd like to receive e-devotionals and ministry updates from me, go online to lifetalkradio.us and sign up to receive this exclusive Lifetalk listener email. When you sign up for the first time, we'll send you a free resource as a thank you for being a devoted Lifetalk listener. So go to lifetalkradio.us and sign up for a free e-devotional today. Disarming the Giant of Anger is the fourth message of Pastor Jeff's new series, Disarming Your Giants. You can own a copy of this 10 CD set for just $50 plus shipping. Log on to livetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. Get your copy of today's message for just $5 or purchase the entire series, Disarming Your Giants, for only $50 plus shipping by logging on to livetalkradio.us or calling us toll free at 877-884-3111 for more information. been listening to Life Talk with Dr. Jeff Wigwire. To find out more about Dr. Wigwire's ministry and Turning Point Church, visit us at lifetalkradio.us or call us toll free at 877-884-3111. That's 877-884-3111. And as a reminder, Life Talk is a listener-supported ministry. We exist to bring God's Word to thousands of people in your area on this great station. So your prayers and financial support go a long way in helping us with this endeavor. Please prayerfully consider helping us. Thanks again for listening today, and we look forward to meeting with you once again on our next Life Talk broadcast.